Want a tax-free way to fund educational expenses for your family? Today I open the rumor mill and tell you how some people are diverting the profits of some of their best deals into a highly tax-favored educational fund. I'm Brian Ellis. This is episode number 106. You're listening to Self-Directed Investor Radio, America's only podcast exclusively for affluent, self-directed investors, where each day of the week you receive innovative investment strategy and deadly accurate market analysis that's untainted by Wall Street and unblemished by government propaganda, all in seven minutes or less. Coming to you now from iTunes, Stitcher, and SDIRadio.com, here's your host, Brian Ellis. Wow, education costs a lot of money. It's on my mind right now because today my wife and I are taking my oldest daughter on yet another college tour. I'm tempted to launch into a tirade about the cost of higher education since that's one of the few industries that consistently increases its prices every year by substantially more than the rate of inflation while simultaneously the value of their product, as measured by employment rates and average starting salaries, continues to decline. It's pretty amazing, huh? It's worth less every year, yet they charge more every year, but... uh, I digress. We spend a lot of time talking about the nebulous concept of investing, and I think for most people there's an assumption that investing means the same thing as retirement investing. That's certainly not true for all of you. I know that quite a number of you are essentially professional investors as your entire livelihood comes from your investment proceeds. But today we're going to veer off of the retirement trail and into the murky world of education savings. There's a special type of account that can really be useful for this purpose. It's known by several names, the Education IRA, the Covered L account, or ESA, the Educational Savings Account. They're all the same thing, and if you qualify to have one, it can be a really great thing. The basic idea, you designate a beneficiary, a student under the age of 18, and each year up to $2,000 can be contributed into that account and invested for retirement. The taxation works like a Roth account. You get no tax break for the contribution, but generally speaking, there are no taxes due on the withdrawal if it's used for educational expenses. And by the way, these accounts can be used to fund expenses associated with expenses prior to college as well. So if your child or grandchild or niece or nephew or a broad range of relatives happens to attend a private elementary school or high school, for example, then these accounts can be used to fund those expenses as well. Okay, so far so good. Maybe you've heard of these accounts before, but did you know there's a self-directed version? That's right. If you've got a hot investment, you can do that investment inside of your child's ESA account. Yet, that may not be such a huge benefit because no more than $2,000 per year can be contributed per child, so your options are really pretty limited on the investment front. Unless, if what I hear on the rumor mill is true, this may be a better opportunity than it first seemed. What I'm hearing of people doing goes something like this. First, Grandpa or some family member opens up an ESA for little Susie's benefit at a self-directed account custodian. Second, Grandpa contributes money to the ESA. Third, Grandpa happens upon a great real estate deal and places a purchase option on it in the name of Little Susie's ESA. So, for example, this property Grandpa found is worth 300000 but Little Susie's ESA now has an option on it to purchase it for two hundred and fifty. Fourth, when the property sells, presumably to an unrelated third party at a retail cost of $300,000, the purchase option in Little Susie's ESA will have to be paid off in order for the buyer to receive clear title. So in effect, what happens is that the property owner will receive their 250000 and all of the income above that net of expenses goes into Little Susie's ESA. So that's a pretty cool way for Grandpa to really quickly explode the value of Little Susie's ESA despite the meager $2,000 contribution limit. Now, before you run out and redirect your deals into an ESA, take note of something. I haven't confirmed yet that this is kosher with the IRS. I suspect it would be okay, as from what I can tell, the IRS seems to have a fairly relaxed attitude about this sort of thing, which is essentially flipping 
so long as you don't do it very frequently. But that's merely an impression and certainly not an actual policy. So before you do it, talk to an attorney. There's a small variation of the strategy that walks even closer to the line and may even step over it. I'll explain it to you, not because I'm recommending it, but because I'd really like for you to get good legal advice before you do it in case it's something you're considering. And that is, in addition to putting an option on the property in the name of little Susie's ESA, Grandpa might take the additional step of subsequently purchasing the property himself directly from the current owner at full retail value rather than waiting for a third-party buyer to come along and make the purchase. Why would he do this? Well, clearly the only reason Grandpa would do so is to have the excess funds, the profits above the option price, land in little Susie's ESA as soon as possible. It's a clever idea, but I have a strong suspicion that the IRS would cry foul over this. It's really just a backhanded way of making a much, much larger contribution to the ESA than is really allowed. Now, I've sent a note to Tim Barry, a top-tier attorney for self-directed retirement account issues and a friend of this show. I'll tell you what he thinks about this strategy soon. It seems to me that if the fundamental strategy is kosher, the part about putting an option on the property through an ESA and collecting the profits when it's sold at full retail to a third party then it's probably not kosher to have a clearly related party be the source of funds that ultimately lands in the ESA. Because, folks, all of the prohibited transaction rules that apply to an IRA also apply to the ESA. And the cost of running afoul of those rules is just painful. But regardless, remember that the ESA is a great option for tax-favored education savings, and if you qualify for it, it offers some real flexibility through self-direction. My friends, invest wisely today and live well forever. Thank you for listening to Self-Directed Investor Radio with Brian Ellis. Don't miss a single episode. Be sure to subscribe to Self-Directed Investor Radio right now on iTunes, on Stitcher, and at sdiradio.com. Your feedback is always welcomed via email at feedback at sdiradio.com. This show is for entertainment purposes only and is not intended as legal or professional advice for your situation. Content is the property of the Self-Directed Investor Society.